1: Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness. I am your host, Mara James, and I am so grateful that you are joining us for today's conversation. During Let's Talk Wellness, we focus on healing, understanding, growth, and spirituality. It's part of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a subsidiary of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a nonprofit organization, both which are devoted to supporting mental health awareness and resources for parents and their families. As the founder of these organizations, I have the great joy of collaborating with a team of amazing people to help bring healing to children and their families around mental health. You can find all of our information at ElfEmpowers.org, and you can find this link in the show information. Now, let's talk wellness with today's guest. I'm excited to welcome Amy Hamilton back to the podcast. Today, we will be speaking about ways to help your sensitive child. Amy is the parent of two sensitive children as well as a gifted gifted, sorry, psychic, medium and medical intuitive. Welcome Amy.
2: Hi, Mara, It's so good to be on the show again.
1: It is so great to have you. And when I think about you, I get really emotional and I um, actually develop tears of joy. And the reason I say that, as you know, um, I am the parent also of a sensitive child and thank God we've made it almost to the other side. He is 23 years old and he's doing so well. And I just wanna share a really quick story um, about how you've helped me recently and then we'll get into some questions. So my son was doing his last year of college at home and he wanted to go get pokey with me every Tuesday, but he didn't want to speak to me. And it really hurt my feelings. And I was getting angry and I just didn't understand. I can't ask him. He doesn't know why. A therapist wouldn't know. So I asked Amy, Amy, what is going on? And she shared that he loves to be my energy, but he doesn't want to talk. And just knowing that I was able to drive and just feel very positive and happy, knowing that he was enjoying being with me and we didn't need to speak. So Amy, what makes you an expert?
2: Well, um, what makes me an expert? Well, as you said, I have two sensitive children, but for the, and for the past 11 years, I've been working with people all across the country to help really heal their connections with their child, their children, and with, um, with, uh, with the kids themselves. And I love that you brought up that example, Mara, because it, it is such a perfect um, segue to what we're gonna talk about is our kids are sensitive. I feel like every child is sensitive in one way or another. There are kids that will feel more than, than, um, than most. And that's probably who's listening right now. You have a child who it's scary to be at school, or it's hard to be out there, or they're around people and it just feels like too much. And what you just described with your son is exactly what's happening. They feel the energy of people around them. And that can be great. And in our current environment, world environment, it's scary, things are changing. Us as parents are scared, your teachers are scared, our principals are scared. That energy is very challenging, whether you're a two-year-old or you're in your, you know, you're in the, your twenties and you're about to launch into your whole life. So that energy, when you're around other people, these sensitive kids feel that.
1: Wow, so they literally can feel the energy.
2: Yes, and you'll, you can talk about that with them. So this is just an early tip. If you have a kid who's just scared to be around, ask, what are you feeling? What is the energy around there? Because that really, when you start using those type of words, our kids can tell. They will either completely shut down or be like, just doesn't feel good. It's just this, that person, I can't be around them. Or those kids feel really scary to me.
1: This is so profound because, you know, social-emotional learning, and we keep talking about teaching children how to identify emotions. But now what you're saying is talking to them about how they're feeling more on an energetic level versus an emotional level. Right. right. Wow. Um, so let's share. There are a couple stories of clients that um, I've worked with that I've referred to you. And there was one, um, if you recall, she had a beautiful six-year-old child. And when I was speaking to the mom, she says, my child won't even let my husband and I hug her, hug her. And she felt like it really hurt their feelings. And she's been diagnosed with anxiety and this and that. And we don't want to medicate. We don't know what to do. And it's heartbreaking. Um, do you remember that? Mm -hmm. I was with her and I'm like, hold on a second. Let me see if Amy's available. And I'm like, if she's supposed to be, she will be. And that telephone call changed their life. Can you share with our um, friends out there what uh, transpired during that call? So, you
2: know, a hug is almost that um, is that total connection. You're actually touching someone else. You're feeling their feelings. And in that particular case, this was One of those kids that I feel like, you know, like almost wears their skin inside out. They're just, everything is sensitive, everything. And um, both of the parents were very worried. I mean, we, Mary, you and I know, and everyone who's a parent knows that feeling of concern. Our hearts live outside of our bodies when we have children, right? And um, when they looked at their child, who was hurting, who was struggling, the child would come up, would be visibly struggling, and the parents were fearful, scared. The emotions that were going through their head is can she survive in this world? What am I going to do tomorrow? I don't want to put her on medication. All of the, you know, that stuff that rambles in our heads as parents and just as people. And um, for better or worse, just the way it is, their child could feel that. So that hug, that ultimate connection really, um, like cemented that with that child. So when, what, what I, it was able to explain is number one, what that felt like, right. That you have a sensitive child. A lot of times these kids are already in occupational therapy. They can't like, They have to wear non-wool clothing and tags make them crazy, you know, even like virtual things are sensitive, but they're also sensitive emotionally. So what we can do as parents in that case was to number one, understand the child and where she was coming from. But number two, try to center your own energy, be really calm, bring happy thoughts to that moment. And then the child can come in because it's not so scary. It doesn't feel so scary. You know, I wish we didn't project that, but our inside thoughts move energy.
1: Boy, if I only knew you when my child was younger, right? So um, I'm going to ask you a question tell a story and then let you answer it okay I wanted my question is but don't answer it yet are children more energetically connected to their mother because they were in their mother's belly versus the father um, and I know th- this is such an amazing story that I had to witness it to believe it I was actually on zoom within the past couple of years with a mother who was getting very anxious so she has a 12 year old gifted yet sensitive child and he actually had was having suicidal um, thoughts so he had to go in for a few days, and he was 12 years old. So he comes out of the hospital. He's doing great. He's in school. And as I'm on Zoom with the mother, and she started getting anxious about something we were talking about, nothing to do with her child, the school called her on the telephone and said, your son's eye is twitching. He's having a stomach ache, and he needs to be picked up. And the connect, and I said, go. do you understand that your son in school is feeling your emotions right now? I mean, that, to me, it sounds crazy or crazy amazing, but I saw it firsthand. So is that connection, does the child have it to both parents? I
2: fully believe the child has it to both parents. There is something about that whole birthing process being in the womb that creates that further connection. There are times and I have seen this connection with fathers, but in general, it's a tighter bond with the mother. Um, Now, I will share a story of my own and because I want to share the positive and the negative. So you're sharing the mom gets scared. Child has that response. You have that deep connection. The most, I know that if there's anyone listening right now and you have a child who has special needs, you've heard, put your oxygen mask on first, right? And I can share that frustration. You're like, I don't care about my oxygen mask. I'm going to fix my kid, right? You hear that story and you're not. So here's, I want to reframe that for you because here's what can happen. Your So when I was working with one of my children working through some, you know, pretty yucky stuff, we were working through some stuff, and he got to a place where there was a plateau, right? And I don't know if you've seen that, you kind of work through different therapies, you do different things, and then nothing starts moving. At the same time, I personally got sick. I probably wasn't so well, I had my own gut things, you know, my stuff was not together. And I got sick and I got sick to such a level that I could not continue taking him to therapy. I was like, I have to go to that functional medicine doctor myself. I have to take the vitamins. I have to eat right. And I went through a process of about two and a half, three months of really just focusing on myself because I had to, I wasn't feeling well. So we get two and a half months in, three months in, I'm feeling better and I look at my son I'm like, oh my gosh, he's better. Like, and it was such a big jump and I get goosebumps thinking about it. The reason that you should put your oxygen mask on first, anyone who's listening to this should put their oxygen mask on first, is as you heal, your child will heal. We all have our own stuff. I mean, we wear these earth suits that come with our own, you know, everyone's got different suitcases, but we all have baggage. And if you're able to heal your own baggage, you're able to help your child heal. Those deep connections can go both negative, but they can go truly positive. So the good thing about the sensitivity is that they're sensitive as we heal. So you put your oxygen mask on first, and then your child is going to start feeling better. The anxiety will drop. You go to
1: therapy, it helps the kid amazing amazing um so and you brought up like there are some positives and negatives with uh get with this sensitive child I always say uh, the greater the gift the greater the challenge and I have seen that with two of my three children um there was a time where my son was 16 he was diagnosed with asperger's and ADhD at the age of six and at the age of 16 I was horrified there was such a darkness that took over him it was like I kind of saw like like his soul change or like even like the look in his eyes and I was really scared I was scared for his life my life something else he might have done thankfully I was introduced to a bunch of holistic healers including you and we worked with a few that were actually able to kind of um, clean him up energetically and remove any dark energies that were around so I'd really love for you to share with our audience um, a little bit. Um, not only are the children picking up our energies, but they're picking up other energies and how to help protect them when they might pick up um, some unclean energies.
2: Okay. Um, so the the energies that you're talking about. So let's. I'll make it really practical. You go into a room and you're. Just think about how you go into a room and you feel like, oh, those people don't feel good, right? That's one layer. You're walking into someone and you get this overall sense, that's not people I want to be around. Your child could be picking that up when they're in a testing day at school and people are scared. They could feel the same thing. They have that anxiety. You're going to start feeling that anxiety. So that's one layer. Another layer of energy that people could be picking up is generational so I see this a lot when there's something that has gone in um you probably we all have things that we pick up from our family from our previous from previous generations there's some generational trauma that can be passed on they can feel that energy you know um I see this a lot with people who are um Descendants of people who are who family members who have been in the Holocaust. There are certain fears that sit in a body that don't exist, but they're just born with it. That can also happen from past lives or from people that you're around. So all of those type of energies um, can be very hard, especially if the person is very sensitive. So um, you know if you happen to have a challenging mother or father, and they spend a lot of time in that household, you know, they could be picking up on that trauma in the household. But even if they're not there and you're, as a parent, traumatized by what your parents did to you, the kids can be picking up on that. So those energies are really important to help your child manage and remove and protect, keep barriers around if that's the case.
1: Wow. So I have my own personal philosophy um, having a child on the spectrum and having several friends and clients that also do. um, I noticed that a lot of times one of the parents will have a strong resentment towards one of their parents, and that this child, like kind of like it's like a karmic thing where this child is here to help us. And for me personally, as I went on a long, long, long healing journey towards my dad, my relationship with my son has improved. Can you share your thoughts about that?
2: I definitely see connections with healing
1: and healing our children. There is a
2: huge power to being the last to continue that anger, that anxiety, that trauma that that generationally happens. I would imagine if I talked to you about your father, his family cause some of that, right? So this is generations on generations on generations. And when you have that, that gives us this fabulous, (laughs) and that's a good reframing because it's pretty painful, but that's a fabulous opportunity to do that healing so that you're the last one. As a parent, I feel like that's part of our job is to help our kids start in a better place. And if you create that healing, and end that resentment, then the issues that the kids are experiencing, as you said, will start healing. And that is such, probably one of the greatest gifts, Mara, that you've probably given your children is to be the last, right? And that's sure. one of the greatest things that we can do is put our kids in a better place than we were.
1: And what I love about this is that you know, all the amazing different organizations and therapists that keep focusing on the child, on the child, on the child. And that is so important, of course. But what I feel that we do that's so different and leading by example, because both of your life and my life has changed. Our kids are doing amazingly well. I mean- it's just so profound that we look at the parents and why let's just, you know, they keep trying to point like why kids are born like this. And I don't believe that anything is random. And I think these children are born this way, again, gifted and challenged to help be our greatest teachers. And one of my favorite stories that I want you to share with us about your client, whose son was born, uh, fully artistic, if that's the terminology, and now uh, is doing really successful in high school. So we're going to take a brief break, and we'll be right back.
0: In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, and reach out for help. visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, we can change the conversation around mental health. We hope that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast. And if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at elfempowers.org. And now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellness. I am your host, Mara James, and we are speaking with Amy Hamilton about ways to help your sensitive child. Welcome back, Amy. Hi. <laughs> so we started the conversation about the client I referred to you, whose son was born pretty severely autistic and now is in high school doing really well. Can you um share about that?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's um, been a long road with that one. So it's just been a wonderful, wonderful journey. Um, that... Um, you know, at some point the child was diagnosed with mild to moderate autism, spent a lot of time with a lot of different healers, um, alternative medicine, functional medicine, and um, and now is in high school doing great, is um, active in sports, has friends, is on National Honor Society, um, and is in what you would call a typical teenager. Um, So it's just an incredible story of healing and, um, and hope. There are sensitive kids that portray in a whole set of symptoms and those symptoms can By a traditional doctor will be called autism, autistic spectrum, a whole bunch of different things. But when you look at what the underlying challenges are, whether it's medical, whether it's energetic, whether it's physical, whether it's something with generational trauma, as you heal those, the symptoms go away and you become, and your child can become a really healed person with a lot, a lot of um, just hope
1: there. So you said functional medicine alternative healing and I'm sure mm-hmm. our friends out there I know what that means, but can you share with um, our friends some give some more insight to what that means?
2: Okay, so um, I'm using functional medicine doctor that could be a naturopathic doctor. In general, when you go to a traditional doctor, an MD, they're looking at okay, what am I seeing? what medicine can I give to, suppress and heal, like fix what I'm seeing. You have a headache, let's talk about an aspirin. Your tummy hurts, let's give you some, um, some anti-nausea medicine or whatever the thing is going on. A functional medicine doctor, a naturopath, a holistic doctor is going to say, what's causing the headache? What's causing the tummy ache? Do we have to change diet? Do you, um, is there an environmental allergy? What's causing, what's the origin that's showing up as a symptom? Because if we fix the origin, if we have a gut imbalance or we have a, you know, or, or if we have something that's not functioning correctly, then we heal that the symptom of the headache or the stomach ache, you know, um, goes away. And so those doctors can be very powerful And the great thing is there's a lot more out there than when you or I started down this alternative path many years ago.
1: Wow. What is causing it? How profound? Right. Because usually people say, oh, the cause is that they have this diagnosis and this is what we're going to treat as opposed to what's causing the diagnosis, what's really going on. Wow. 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 Um, so one of my other favorite stories is a client that I referred to you who had the teenager that was experiencing some challenges during COVID and actually had to take a medical leave of absence from school, if I remember correctly.
2: Yes. So, um, this across all ages, um, COVID has been very challenging. You know, whether you're an adult, whether you're a little kid, this has been very challenging. For our sensitive children, it's even more so because we didn't have any answers and there was a lot of fear out there. These kids felt that fear and they just retreated. So in this case, um, the, the, the child early teen. Was really not being able to function in school, and really felt the need to dial back. Couldn't really. Every time they went to school, it was very fearful. Um, so rather than rather than saying okay, let's you know, let's completely homeschool. There was a whole process of teaching how to protect your own energy because this this kid was at an age that she could learn that, Um, how to pick good and bad friends um, in terms of their energy and the people that they're around. Because um, just like some children only pick the foods that they're Um, sensitive to, some of our kids only pick the kids that are just not great for them. And that was this case. So by teaching the protection of energy, by teaching how to identify people who weren't so good for her, she was able to re-engage and really find new friends, engage. And now the conversations about her, where she's going to college and how she's doing school. So it's just so unbelievable um, where kids, these sensitive kids, once they give the tools and they have the words and they know how to use their own gifts, where they can get to. Wow.
1: And so this teen was able to protect herself. Correct? Energetically. Mm-hmm. What happens when we have a younger child, let's say three, five, maybe seven-year-olds? Um, what do you rec- what do you recommend then?
2: So in those younger children, it's really about so much of you have, with the Extraordinary Life Foundation, you have Piggy Bear, that deep belly breathing, the protection of centering. You know, so much of those, um, what I love is that there's these easy meditations for young kids. Um, doing that with your child gets so unbelievably powerful. Three deep breaths or working with reading Piggy Bear um, with your, the book with your child provides both you and your child a different level of centering. And what's great is, um, and what I've seen is that with that, those young kids, once you give them those skills and they get into a place that you're not there, they have that as well. So I feel like that's really important and powerful.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. Um, so, if pe- what's a what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? A and B. What does a session with you look like?
2: Okay. Well, A. Uh, you can find me at amyhamiltonhelps with an s That's the website, and I have that. On both Facebook and Instagram. So, those are great places to get in touch with me. What an average session looks like is you come with a list of questions, and those can be how do I help, you know, with particular with your children? What's going on with my kid? what do I identify? Is it a medical issue? Is it an environmental issue? Is there something going on generationally? And what we're able to do based on the questions and with the child is figure out what's the priority? What type of therapies? What kind of healers should you go to? What kind of doctors should you go to? And that's really what, um, but i you know i'm always amazed with the clear direction that comes out and here's where you go here's what to do and it gives you should walk away with some really clear good next steps on how you can help your child
1: so i know the answer but i'm sure a lot of our friends have the question how do you know the answers to these questions.
2: <laughs> I love that question because it's always amazing to me. Um, what part of my gift, this was not my original path. I was planning on you know, running a company and using my MBA. Um, but information for me, I believe comes from the divine. We talk about the spirituality and um, it just appears in my head as knowledge. And it comes in like a freight train. And I am always amazed with how accurate and how helpful it is. So um, it's just one of, it's my mission and my path here and why I was placed here on this earth. And I'm just, just so blessed to be able to give people direction.
1: That is amazing. And your social media, um, Amy Hamilton Hamilton
2: helps with an S.
1: On social media too. Okay, great. And we will provide uh, the link uh, in the show information. Amy, it was such a pleasure having you today. Is there anything that you'd like to, you know, end this with any advice or guidance to our parents out there that um, where we've been suffering, you know, what would you want to tell them? What would you wanted someone to tell you years ago? you
2: know, what, um, what I would have wanted someone to tell me in what, you know, I got out of a book and from ceiling, seeing other people is there's help. There is hope. There are, there is healing out there. So many times when we go into our doctor's offices, even when we go into therapists, there is a dead end and a just negative air. Okay. We can just keep it going where they don't have. And what I want you to know is that there's healing. There is hope. And there is really a path to get your sensitive kid back into the
1: world, back to where you want them to be. I love that. I always say pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional and healing is possible. Well, thank you, friends, for joining us today. Thank you, Amy, for being here. And as Piggy Bear would say to all of you, you are amazing.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.